everybody we back again we back there you go i'm spencer and of course we have our licensed clinical therapist magnum pi fucking wearing a hawaiian shirt over there <laughs> doing his polynesian roots even though he's not hawaiian <laughs> from Ireland, well, the arrest record said polynesian so i, I can get away with it. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> were you wearing that shirt when you got arrested <laughs> No, he was just racist as shit. So, oh, okay, there you go. Even I'm better. Dr. Nas. I'm educated now. <laughs> sure you are. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this is the Different Spectrums podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and the mental health aspects that surround them. Uh, we also like to have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Or do? That's up to you. There you go. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. So before we get into it and I introduce our guests for today, go check out Bub's Naturals, Cure Hydration, Pinfinity, and of course, our Silver Dollar Candle Company. Uh, so for Bub's Naturals and Cure Hydration and Pinfinity, you can get 20% off. Just go to our link tree and click on the link and you can get 20% off your entire order. So do that. Yeah. Uh, also check out our merch we have a lot of cool things on there uh a lot of neurodiversity uh merch as well as just mental health overall so yeah. go check them out all right so with that we'd like to bring in our special guest for today she is <clears throat> oh, gosh gotta get the mm, crap out of my throat uh <laughs> She has her own TED Talk that came out in January, correct? Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Her name is Maggie Isley. That's yes. me. Welcome. Hey. Welcome, Maggie. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. What's going on? Hey. Nice to have you. <laughs> Glad Hello. to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, awesome. well, go fuck yourself. So. <laughs> well, right, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just like... Go. Thanks. That's how we I'm, usually. I'm too neurodivergent for introductions. I don't know what to do. <laughs> fair enough. She just you yells on seven. 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 I'm just and... like, I like that number. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Know. If you get, if you know me well, I love to yell seven out loud. It's a thing. So he does. I'm sorry. It's it comes out As of nowhere. As a Seinfeld fan, I like it. Oh, there oh, you go. There you go. There's uh, a there's a connection there. Oh wow! Look at that. See? George wanted to name his his future kid Seven. See, so, look at that, and you look like an overgrown. Know. I do. George Costanza, just, just just stretched out, <laughs> stretched out, and a little bit more tan. All right. So with that, uh, today we are looking at the movie I Heart Huckabees. All right, we're taking a look at a few scenes from that. Uh, some topics that we're going to be covering is masking, trauma, and then meditation. So we're going to be doing those things. Nas, anything before we get into the clips? Uh, again, much appreciation to everyone watching and tuning in. Uh, keep a heads up. Uh, now you'll see the ads or the promos that Spencer has cut. <laughs> and I think yeah. many of you uh, will love them. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll hate them. Or cringe. you'll hate them and us. And so we're kind of used to that. So, uh, yeah, go. go Fair away. enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, again, shout out to California being the top listeners. Uh, again, Minnesota yeah. in second. And then Indiana. Hello, hello. Our city is, is picking up. And 
I'm excited to talk so about some of these scenes. It, it, it's a nice meet cute uh, between me and Maggie and the beginning of Threads when it was just pure ADHD chaos and everyone just like, what do we do? Let's throw out memes. Uh, yes. And so I was like, all these funny people, I'm going to DM. And all the funny people responded like immediately. And I was like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I was just collecting all of my neurodivergent folks like affinity stones. <laughs> <laughs> I have them all to destroy the universe. Oh, there you go. Yep. Uh, so I'm excited for today just to have some fun, just to talk, and right, maybe we exchange ideas. Maybe we hop out a few people. And, you know, worst case scenario, we talk a little bit of shit for a couple hours. So there you go. Uh, let's get into the scenes. Let's talk about these wonderful uh, actors and how they portray masking. Uh, ADHD and then uh, trauma and how it can be displayed, you know, because your parents are like flaming narcissists. So, right. Let's get into it. Let's and, do and, it. And I appreciate uh, Spence uh, recognizing and putting some respect on the shirt. Yeah. Mm. I thought you were going to sing. <laughs> I thought you were going to sing with a ukulele. Over the rainbow? Is it under or over? Yeah, you're doing it over the rainbow. Over the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Whoop whoop. <laughs> whoop whoop. Can we get a whoop oh, whoop? Maggie? It does say everybody says it. So whoop whoop. Oh Did I do God. it? Did I do it? You read off the script. <laughs> well, everyone says it. <laughs> yeah, that this is, is all, totally folks. not a scripted show, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a guideline for people with autism who need some oh, kind of Jesus structure. Christ. I'm going to get canceled now. You gave the autistic <laughs> people a, a script? They don't need your structure. <laughs> no, I do. I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I made it. I, I do. Was like, I, I, like I would have died it. without it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I'm glad you're alive. All right. <laughs> it's literally up on half my screen because I, I can't. That like, works. I'm too autistic to be without. <laughs> well, we're going to abandon the script now. <laughs> no, no. It, it says we have to keep going off of this, right? Yes. I have to every sign off up and everything. Yeah. So we're done. <laughs> I, I baptized it. This has been blessed. And then now we'll get into the stuff. Oh, my God. Holy shit, it's hot in here. <laughs> turn on the fan. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I got to go turn the light switch on. Hey, everyone. Before we get into the show, please check out our collaborator, Bubs Naturals. They sell a variety of health and wellness products, including collagen peptides, MCT oil powder, coffee, apple cider vinegar gummies, and other amazing products. Go to bubsnaturals.com and use our code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. I just ordered their apple cider and vinegar gummies, and I'm excited to try them. If you are looking for a high quality, all natural health and wellness product, Bubs Naturals is a great option. The company offers a wide variety of items that are designed to improve overall health and well-being. So go check them out and remember to use our code DSP20 when you check out. And with that, let's get into the show. You have several stories that you like to tell over and over and over and over. Oh, oh that's not, come on, that's a lie. I'm, like, I'm not boring like him. Like the mayonnaise story, the mayo story. May 18th, sales meeting. Shania's there, you know, promoting her apparel, right? It's four <laughs> o'clock, she's starving. She hates mayonnaise, right? Allergic to it. 
So I ordered a ton of tuna fish sandwiches. Back then, that's all she's eating, tuna fish. No mayo, darling. <laughs> June 5th, driving range. No joke. We gave her a chicken salad sandwich once. She threw up in the back of the limo. June 30th, the lake. Shania's there, promoting her apparel, right? It's 4 o'clock, she's starving. She's a busy lady. So I ordered a ton of tuna fish sandwiches. That's all she's eating back then, tuna fish. July 9th, flight 27 to Chicago. Shania's there promoting her apparel, right? It's 4 o'clock, she's starving. The lady hates chicken salad. Gave it to her once, she threw up. August 17th, conference call. Shania's there promoting her apparel, right? No mayo. She hates it, and she cannot eat chicken salad. That's no joke. September 3rd, in traffic, your cell phone. Shania's there promoting her apparel, right? Back then, that's all she's eating, tuna fish. No mayo. I ate two of the sandwiches in front of her. She now eats one and a half. Now she believes me, she eats one and a half sandwiches before she realizes it's chicken salad. Why do you think that you tell the Mayo story so much? I don't know why. It's propaganda. For mayonnaise? For you. Specifically, you're so impressive because you know Shania, and you're so strong because you pull one on her. You're a funny guy, a good guy. Keeping everyone laughing so that maybe, quote, you don't get depressed. But what's so great about depression? Nothing. Unless it holds the key to something you compulsively avoid, so it'll never be examined or felt, hence your behavior becomes a repetitive, like the story. 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 Shut up. All right. I don't have to tell stories. What do you think would happen if you didn't tell the stories? Are you being yourself? How am I not myself? How am I not myself? Myself. Myself. How am I not myself? 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 I would like to discuss some curious findings. Who is this lady? I found here in your apartment a rather troubling piece of evidence. What evidence? Do you recognize the handwriting, Mr. Makovsky? Excuse me, Mr. Silver? This is silly. Let's go. No. I want to go. Could you please read the date for me? November 17th, 1989. Albert was nine. This is his journal. Would you mind reading this out aloud? No. Please. This stuff doesn't matter. Let's go. Okay. Oh, my God. I came home from school. Mom was in the kitchen with a strange lady. Mom told me to go back to my room. I thought I was in trouble. She closed my door and said, Paris got hit by a car and killed. And then she took me back to the lady in the kitchen and told me to spell words to show how I am a good speller. I said I had to go to the bathroom. I climbed out the window. I went down the block. I saw Barney playing punch ball. He said, I look sad. I told him what happened to my cat. He said that's sad, then I cried, but I tried not to show. The, some of the kids laughed. Barney said he cried when his dog died, and the kids stopped laughing. His cat died. He was sad. What's your point? Nothing strikes you as odd? See, it's nothing. Let's go. <laughs> These things happen. Oui, c'est vrai. The universe is cruel. But tell me this, Mrs. Silver, this lady you gave the coffee to... It's Helen's sister. I don't remember her name. I met her the once. 
Was there some painful thing about this stranger that required your immediate attention? No, Helen wasn't home, so I offered her sister a cup of coffee. But you agree that Perry meant a great deal to Albert. Hey, you can't make a federal case out of the cat. Oh, answer the question, please. Well, I don't know much about the cat. I traveled a lot for work. Hey, we're not talking about this anymore. It's embarrassing me. Precisely the point. What? You were embarrassed for feeling sad about the death of your cat. It's painful enough to feel sad, but on top of it, to feel embarrassed for feeling, that is the killer. How is that my fault? I didn't tell him to be embarrassed. But you did. It was more important to have a cup of coffee with a perfect stranger than to talk to Albert about what for a small boy is a large tragedy. Ridiculous. He climbed out his window, a criminal in his own house. Why? I don't know. I think you do. I don't. Yes, you do. Oh, stop it. I think you should go. No, I will not go. Albert has a place here, a place you have denied. This is my home. I can tell him what I want. Yes, your home is a lie. What does that mean? I gave my life to this selfish bastard. So he could be an ornament to you, not a person. God, what are you, a bitch? You're a bitch. How many kids do you have, listen, bitch? Listen, listen. Uh. This is your mother. Ask me to come up here? What does the doorman have to do with this? It was often by civil war. You were often by indifference. This is but one part of your puzzle. Do you see? Oh, now the timer's all fucked up. Brenda! Gee, is it that hard? Go ahead and do it. All I want to do is listen I to spent, what, I spent $2,000 on I this? Sorry, man. Maybe I need like a minute. Yeah, she had to get you to see. See what? You were trained to betray yourself right here. That's why you betrayed yourself by going to Brad. Why didn't you figure this out? Why didn't you bring me here? Because you lied to us. You told us that the African guy was the, the doorman at your friend's building, not at your parents' building. You encrypted the truth. That's how good you are at betraying yourself. Right. I told you that he wasn't ready for infinity. Okay, Albert, I want you to melt your usual identity like you did before. Stop looking at me. I said stop looking at me. Don is going to love doing spots for the open spaces. Who's Don? Miss Huckabee's. Don. <laughs> she loves your poems. What about The Rock? Nobody sits like this rock sits. That's the one. She loves poems. She loves forests, meadows, getting outside. We'll just throw the jet skis on the back of the trailer and head up to the mountains. Wait, wait a second. Are you guys... You go with Miss Huckabee's? She was doing some print work for us. Albert, Wanted to Albert, to Albert, Albert, forget Brad. Albert, come back to me. Where are you? Where are you? Albert, picture a tree in a field. Good. Now put someone you respect in the tree. Hey, dickweed! Still Brad's dead. Add someone else. Like who? You know, someone who can understand things, someone who can help you. Who's your guide? Well, I use uh, Magritte, the Belgian surrealist. I got someone. Who is it? Mrs. Shermer. She was my high school English teacher. She helped me. All right, good. He pushed her out of the tree. Okay, Mrs. Shermer has a vacuum cleaner, Albert, that sucks up fear. Now she's going to send you rays of security and complete acceptance. Oh, he chopped her head off. Ah! 
we back again. And we're live. For now. Because I about had a heart attack a couple minutes ago because this lady is crazy. Bad shit crazy. In a good way. In right? A in a yeah, in a, in a good way. Not like, oh, I'm scared for my life. You're like, oh, I could hang around <laughs> them. And you know, I probably won't let them drive, but you know, it'd be fine. <laughs> Why is that real life? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I'll let you coach me, but I don't want you. We're going to do it via Zoom. Right. I, don't, I don't trust you. I don't need you to have that control in your hands to where our lives could go at any moment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so, like I said, we have a special guest on today. Uh, Maggie, will you please introduce yourself and uh, what brings you on the show? Absolutely not. I will not. No, I am. You're you're like, oh, no, over. So I'm Maggie Isley. I have a branding agency where we do all design. We will do any of your creative needs. It is 99 Studios. I run that with my family. I actually brought my husband and my two adult sons into it. So that's 929studios.com. And when I grew that to multiple six figures, I started coaching people. So now I work with neurodivergent business owners. And that is at, you can work with me there at MaggieIsley.com. MaggieIsley.com is how you would get in touch with me if you actually wanted to work with me directly for branding as well. I don't take branding clients through the studio. So that's the other way to get it branding done. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's me. That's oh, and I have a TED talk. Um, I did a TED talk earlier this year. Uh, so. What the hell was that about? Yes. I guess you'll have to go on my website. But no, I'm just Damn. kidding. <laughs> Leave them in suspense. So it was about how business plateaus aren't actually business problems. A lot of the time, they're often unresolved trauma that your coach can help you identify, but then you need to go to therapy to actually work on. So it's, it was a, a big, um, big undertaking on my part. I did a lot of research because when you do TED talks, you do have to submit all of your research behind it in order to be featured on their page. And then I also had case studies in there for my clients as well as my own personal story. So it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool, and they screwed it up. (laughs) So I did it at um, Case Western Reserve University. Yeah. And they didn't put my slides in correctly. So if you watch it, you get to watch me recover in real time. Oh, there you go. And I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm also autistic and ADHD, so... I'm both scattered and what? focused. I'm uh, right. You'll never guess. I have no idea. <laughs> just from us, just from us meeting on threads, I'm like, this person's got to tell someone. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, um, I I don't even have to meet her to know. Like I, was, I can just read it. I'm not gonna I lie. Tell from her writing. I fell in love with like about five people on there because they were just so kind and awesome and funny. And we were just mm-hmm. laughing and joking. I don't remember all the stuff that we said, but it was just very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that. And I'm like, I'm going to have some of these people on the pod. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what brings us here today. 
And it just so mm-hmm. happens like this person does coaching and they got their own thing and their vibe and they're no virgin to themselves. So let's talk about some stuff and have some fun because this show's a little bit different where we use specific scenes to help individuals that are neurodivergent identify with, express emotions, seek validation, and then maybe they can take that to their therapist, parent, guardian, whatever it is. Um, A lot of us think in movies or snapshots, movie quotes, song lyrics, and Mm -hmm. not many of us talk about it. There's a lot of therapists online, there's a lot of neurodivergent people online, and yet you don't see this being done. Um, So this is why we brought you on board, and everyone is welcome. So. That's that's the intro for them. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming okay. on. We really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <was> so awkward. <laughs> no problem. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting in my desk. <laughs> <laughs> just so why why don't you uh give us a little context to the first scene yeah. that we watched um with Brad being talked to by Bernard and Vivian. Oh, look at you with the names. Oh, my gosh. That's right. IMDb, so... baby. <laughs> oh, cheater. Okay, got it. <laughs> so so in the scene, Bernard and Vivian, for the context, they are existential investigators, right? So Brad, right. This is not a real, this is not a real job. Please do oh. not try and try, try and do this for a living. Um, they were hired by Brad to to shake the other characters that you'll meet from his from from the but basically get a get a what's it called um an advantage in the job right Mm -hmm. and what they actually find though is that brad has been masking and he has been telling the same story repeatedly to get people to like him and to put on a show for everyone else and that's that's the gist of it Uh yeah yeah that's Uh, it i mean we're good (laughs) and in the scene he pretty much tells like they they show it to him and he Mm -hmm. realizes he goes from being like whatever dude i'm awesome to actually seeing what he's doing so That's question, it. when you watched this scene, did you like, were you like, ha? Or do you feel like clients are like, ha? Do you get any of that validation? Do you see people get validation? Do you relate to that scene? That's what I was wondering. This whole movie, I saw the movie before I was diagnosed with anything. Mm-hmm. But my kids were. And I was like, oh, this is this is tough. I was like, this is so like, this is so relatable. Hmm. And it became one of my top five movies just from how much I understood everything that was going on in it. Hmm. Because I climbed the corporate ladder behaving like that. I spent 15 years in corporate. I was a director. I, I, I climbed real high. I reported to the CEO. Like I was, I was up there mm-hmm. and I did it behaving like that. How was and your burnout? I, I still have burnout even now as working for myself. I mean, I've, I've done, I am actively in ketamine therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, 
it takes a long time to recover. For sure. It takes a long time to recover from that kind of burnout. Is it life a little bit easier now that you're doing your thing and it's the population that you want and there's less masking, I would assume? It's so much better. That's why I only work with clients who, like I have the agency and my family runs the agency, but I only work with clients who come through my main website because that means they've read my copy. They know who I am. They understand and they haven't been repelled by my personality, which is a huge deal. Because I can be repellent. <laughs> so if you aren't, if you aren't disgusted by me, then my life is so much easier. I mean, yeah. and you can just you can just be you and and uh, make money. It's wild. It's wild. Isn't it awesome? And then some people can heal from that, and they can feel validated, affirmed from that. Yeah. It's, it's it's like when I get them damn rabbits, they keep eating my flowers outside. So you got you know you you put the repellent down. You know the repellent is like deer piss. You're like a mm -hmm. fine aged deer piss. I I likes it. Uh huh. <laughs> she's she's gonna be like, well, well, how'd the podcast go? Not the therapist said I was like deer piss. Yep. yep. He compared yep. me to deer piss, so I'm doing yep. okay. I think. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, I think, right? I think, like, once I'm actually going to put that as um as a bit of copy on my website. Once Did compared to deer piss, yep. please do not. recently, recently please compared, Doctor recently Huss. compared to deer piss. Yeah, Doctor Huss. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, that's it. What a guy. That's, I'm so that's sorry. what I'm going to put on. Yeah. <laughs> well, are you but, it, are you? but it's but it's good like because that's if you're currently in corporate you're gonna if you see that you're just like ah oh, shit <laughs> that's my life <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. and you can make the moves that's literally what i did like i was like this is bullshit what am i doing and that's how i started my own business i started a blog on the side and grew it into a whole business I started what from say, nothing. What do you think was like the turning point? Like what like what was the thing that really made you go like I can't do this anymore? Was there like an event that happened or was it just something that just like you said like the burnout just built up too much over time? You want to hear a cool story? Sure, uh, and only go as far as you want to as well. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't give in to peer pressure. Don't worry. Um well, I got some meth if you want it. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm You're okay. joking, people. Um it's just not <laughs> nobody has meth. Idiot. Um so I my boss was taken out of our and this is all public record. Okay. My boss was, and I've talked about it before on podcasts. So my boss was taken out of our place of employment in handcuffs by the FBI mm. for embezzling millions of dollars. Happens. They'll do it. And then someone from outside the department was promoted. And I was still doing all the work. Mm. Mm. So then I left. 
And then he got fired because nobody picked up the slack. But I left. I went and found just an easier job. And I realized no matter where I went, it was the same shit. It was the same shit. And people were asking me to, like when I was a director, it was expected that I worked weekends as well as during the week. And everywhere I went, it was like that. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start a little side blog. And I just by having somewhere to write and put that creativity out, I landed sponsorships with hair dye companies, major soda companies, like huge sponsorship deals. And that got the attention of small businesses and then they wanted to work with me and all I had to do was think outside of the standard yep the the standard box right all I had to do was but I left my initial comfort zone of something that I could have easily retired from you know the that I worked at an insurance company and I was in finance and I could have easily retired from there but when my boss was taken out in handcuffs, I was like, why am I? <laughs> I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And come, it just I would have been like, how come I was dealing shit? I should have made right. I was like, I was I like, I won't get caught. I was like, how? Well, then I found out the FBI had investigated me because oh, yeah. I was actually the accidental mule. I was the one bringing him the checks because he trusted, mm-hmm. like, he had hired me. He had been, so I had been delivering the checks from accounts payable to him. And it was just like this whole thing. And then I was like, I'm never going to go anywhere in this company now. Yep. Because I guess I was like, what's the, I got to get out of here. And then yeah. when I went any, everywhere else, I was like, whoa, it sucks everywhere. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, it sucks everywhere I go. And like, I became a branch manager in a, in a corporate location, literally going directly to the CEO. I became a director. Like everywhere I went, I got promoted like instantly. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an exceptional employee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I making other people money? This is so stupid. Yep. I want to point so out a couple, of, couple things there. So um, I was talking to a human today and we was talking about, you know, what they want to do and where they're going, this and that. And I said, you know, I pull out the whiteboard and I draw a circle and a dot in the middle. I said, what do you learn? He said, let me guess the outside. He said, yes, outside of your comfort zone, young man. None of this stuff you're talking about is going to be done in, in there. So we got to do these things that yep. you keep avoiding because you'll be fine and you'll be safe and you have your routines and rituals, but you're going to be that existential dread and you'll never know what could have been. And so you not doing that trip the other day might have been a bad thing. I sent some resources. I said, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to sign up for it. It's safer. You get uh, Amer- it's AmeriCorps, so we can do this stuff. Volunteer, sign up, go different places in the country, mm-hmm. get tuition reimbursement. It's awesome stuff. Get your feet wet with traveling, being independent, and then we can go abroad. Um, and so you brought up another piece where it talks about uh, your hard worker, and so you'll see neurodivergent people. You know what hard work gets rewarded with? More fucking more work. work. More work. every time. Um, and so you'll see that with most of my grad PhD students, uh, most of them are neurodivergent, uh, and you know, a lot of them are international. So they have to accept it because if they don't do the work, then they will be kicked out of the country because they have no power, no control. 
And so the powers that be wield that and use that. And a lot of us neurodivergent folks, we take more, we take more, we take more, and we're quick and we're good and we're efficient and we're effective. So they give you more because no one else can do the output what you do. And what that does is it burns us out into the ground because we don't know how to set boundaries. Which leads to higher burnout rates, higher suicidality, uh, more medication, probably alcohol issues, drug issues, poor relationships. Because we can't say no to things. Because there's like a festering insecurity because we're never fully unmasked and we're scared to. And so we can never be truly us because we're never really truly us. So I know I'm therapizing the scene and stuff, but the scene shows him hiding and then he hears that voice in his head. Who are you? What are you? What are you doing? And then he goes to the bathroom and the other guy's running his mouth and he goes, yep, yep. He plays the role. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sad reality for many folks. I love having you and a bunch of these neurodivergent people that are coming on the pod. Why? Because the knock is that people can't be successful, right? They're neurodivergent. Uh, the people that are diagnosed or undiagnosed, that they can't, that they can't get degrees, that they can't get CEO jobs, that they're not articulate and eloquent, uh, right? That they can't have Dr. Nazir Zerka on their name. You can do all of those things. I would beg to differ that most of the doctors are neurodivergent. Most of the great artists, musicians, writers, poets are neurodivergent. But the way society perverts things is it shows everyone is neurotypical. Um, Some of our supreme athletes in the States neurodivergent. So I'm bringing this up. Because it's wonderful to have people on the pod talking about this is the shit I did. And then things went sideways. And then I did some more stuff. And now I'm back. My family's involved. And we're all doing this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Because there's some parents none that are of listening us hold, to this. None of us hold nine to five jobs. We all, like, I, I built something that employs four adults who are all neurodivergent. Yep. And we don't have to depend on anyone in the outside. Like, I go... I find clients, clients find us yeah, just because of who we are as people. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, it's awesome. I'm glad that we got to do, I saw this and in this scene, they talk about his brother liking geckos and they say, you got sympathy for your brother. Sympathy. When we use that in therapy is a negative thing. Sympathy is you look at someone down in the well in the hole and you're like, haha, too bad. Like, I'm glad it's not me. Empathy is when you actually feel it. So not everyone has the ability to feel, but a lot of us can also cognitively feel. There's different ways to feel things. There's emotional, there's also cognitive. Um, and his brother had no empathy for his neurodivergent brother. It was sympathy, it was pity, it was shame, it was guilt. He said, oh, I can lose weight. Can stop talking about fucking geckos. Those of you that have loved ones, family members, if they're going to talk about their hyper fixation, let them talk. Ask questions. I don't care if it's not something you don't like. I don't like a lot of shit some people talk to me about, but I ask questions because I'm curious. But that gives you no right to rag on someone because they like some weird thing. Uh, that was the disgusting part of that scene where he was ashamed mm-hmm. of his brother. Um. And I didn't like that. I know a lot of people are like that. They they shame their family members for being weird. Um, so I think a lot of people will see that scene and they'll relate to the pain um, that the brother's projecting onto the other brother because it's projection. Project he's projecting his own insecurities onto his neurodivergent brother that likes geckos, and you see him getting anxious and nerved up, and then he starts playing with the gecko because it's safe and he's stimming. I'm like you're neurodivergent too, you asshole. Um, 
I wanted to bring that up, therapizing. Uh, uh. Spence, when you've seen this scene, mm-hmm. first of all, I've never seen Jude Law that young, so it's my first time ever seeing him that young. Like, like, like Justin Timberlake. I was like, what the fuck? Who are you? Who are you? Um, could you easily pick out that the brother was neurodivergent in there? You're like, ah, yeah. Um, because of the geckos and the weight and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, a little bit, but <clears throat> I think it was also, um, like you said, I think that. Um, a lot of the times when people are just trying to be, um, quote unquote, normal, um, they're always looking to, um, beat down the person that's, you know, might be like the, like, once again, the quote unquote weirdo of the family. Right. And so, um, happens a lot. I think I was probably a weirdo and my family's definitely, um, so I totally get that and just, yeah, it, I could definitely compare like Jude Law's character to like my own family members. And it's it's really interesting to see, um, especially when it's just like when you're trying to just include those family members into something in your life and let them be part of your life. But yet they just reject you to, you know, get ahead on the social ladder, which is just gross. So, um yeah, I mean, you could totally tell a like. I mean, if you have that many geckos, you, there's something. There's something. There's something there. <laughs> if you have that much of anything, like, I have like tons of sneakers, and people would be like, "There's something going on." If here. you just They'll, have baskets oh, look of at stuffed that. animals, weird, right? Yeah, just a pile of dead <laughs> carcasses. Hey, are you a nerd? Do you like pins? If you're like any of our followers and you said yes, you should check out our collaboration with Pinfinity. They have Power Rangers pins, Transformers pins, and for all of our bronies out there, My Little Pony pins. Go check out our link tree or use our code PSP to get 20% off your Pinfinity order today. That bully culture is a son of a gun, boy. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I fell prey to it too, right? That's what you do, right? To make sure you don't get singled out, then you bully the next person down, and it just keeps going down, down, down. Mm -hmm. So that's a vibe. Do you ever experience any of that, Maggie, if you don't mind sharing any of that bullying or ostracizing, uh, outcasting? Yeah, it's. I don't talk to my family. Oh. I don't. It's me and my husband and my kids. We don't talk to my family because I was the weird one. And it's like, okay, cool. I don't, I don't need you guys. Like they're, yeah. This we call boundaries. They can just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I gave them so many chances. And then a couple of years ago, I was like, I flat out told them that we weren't speaking anymore and I blocked them. So I don't talk to any of them anymore. Gotta do what no you gotta regrets. do. I work with clients on this no all the time. No regrets. All the time I work with clients like this. Um, no regrets. It's fantastic. I 10 out of 10 recommend it for anyone who is struggling with it. If that's something that's on your mind, work with your therapist and come come up with a plan and implement it. Yep. I can't tell you how much better my life is. My business go. took off. That's actually, so the same year that I got rid of that toxic energy is when my business took off. Yeah. 
There you go. It's related. Yeah. See, I when I they cut my mouth, my mouth, I got one of them hairs back. You know, see what I'm saying? It's still there. <laughs> you can see it. Just one of them. Damn, yeah. she laughed real loud. Oh, hold up now. I don't uh, take offense to that shit. You bald as hell. Like, damn. Okay. Shit. I was like, I oh. <laughs> okay. <You see>? I... <laughs> uh, <sighs> but you hair. made a joke, but you're preaching the truth. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, consult, figure out a plan. If you're privileged enough, if you got the right supports and resources to do it, uh, execute and do what you have to do. Because if people are not willing to meet you where you want to be met, to treat you the way you should be treated, then it is not unhealthy to cut people off. They're like, oh, that's unhealthy. Like, no, if someone's constantly damaging you and hurting you and traumatizing you, then it is appropriate to protect yourself, your family. Your family comes first. Mm -hmm. um, your peace of mind comes first. And so I deal that a lot of my neurodivergent clients just can't cut the cords with toxic friends, family members, siblings, parents. Like, hey, we got to start setting the boundaries now. If not, what happens? Let's say you want kids. This Many of my students want kids. So you're going to teach your little daughter to act like this and to just accept the abuse? Well, no, I would never. So, Mama, you're going to have to do this now. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it soon enough. And my kids were, they were exposed to my family. And when I did stop talking to my parents, which essentially cuts off a whole side because my mom yep. is the ringleader of everybody. I told my kids, Hey, it's your decision. You know, it's your decision. You can, they were teenagers. So I was like, it's your decision. And my kids were like, why would I ever talk to her? They're like, I wanted to stop talking to her years ago. I was like, why don't you tell me a little shit? Right. I was like, God damn. Yeah, damn, here I thought we were doing something we were doing right by you. Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't we don't like her either. And I was like, there okay. We and yeah, I mean, they my parents did horrible things. They stole from me, they did terrible things. And cutting them off freed up so much of my mental space to do so many great things. Let's uh I, it's shocking. No, it's just shocking. Shocking, yeah. Um, this actually kind of leads really well into that second scene. So give us the context of that second scene. So in the second scene, it's it's the what another one of the existential investigators, which you know, world's best job, I think. Um, God, if anyone knows any job openings, please hook me up. <laughs> so because I don't think you have to produce results, I'm pretty sure. It's like a meteorologist where you're just like, I could be wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, I was gonna say, she that's goes most into, people, so. <laughs> but, but she, goes, <laughs> she goes into Albert, who is played by um, Jason Schwartzman. She goes into Albert's mother's house because the whole premise of the movie is Albert is trying to un- or trying to figure out a coincidence that he feels he has, which is he keeps seeing a Sudanese refugee everywhere. It's like he keeps running into him and he's a doorman. And he doesn't know why he keeps seeing this guy. So she comes in and she comes into his parents' house and Albert follows her in and they discover that Albert's mother 
had decided that it was more important to entertain a guest than to comfort her son in the time of his loss of losing his pet cat. His pet cat had passed away, and rather than comforting her son in the time of his pet's death, she felt the need to entertain a stranger. Like, it was her friend's sister. Like, it wasn't any kind of, like, hey, I have this out-of-town guest from Australia. It was, like, some chick. And then the Sudanese refuge shows up and it turns out like the connection is you were orphaned by indifference and he was orphaned by civil war. So that's the, the real connection there for them. And for me personally, like that was a breakthrough for me. Like, and I realized like, Hey, I was orphaned by indifference. Like that's how for me, before I ever cut off my parents, that was a big breakthrough for me. Cause it's like, that's exactly what I was. I was an only child. I am an only child. I mean, I'm guessing my my mom's out here having kids, but I, I mean, I don't know. She's old, she's she's in her fifties, so she could be. But um, she, my mother, years ago, when this around the time when this movie came out, she had said on Facebook to somebody that they were talking about like 1993 or something. And she was like, Oh, I was an empty nester back then. And I was like, I was 12. And she was like, yeah, you were off living your own life by then. I was like, I was in sixth grade. (laughs) I wasn't living my, I wasn't living my own, but that sums it up. Like my Mm -hmm. mom, she got married in 1990 to, like this guy who's a nice i mean he was a nice guy he's not anymore um but he was at the time he was fine he was fine until i turned 18 and then he turned to shit um but he was fine until then and when she got married i ceased to exist and before then she beat the shit out of me but like but until then you know so in 1992 she was like i was an empty nester honey Actually, I was 93, I was 12, and 92, I was 11. But, like, she was like, yeah. I was not So when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, I was orphaned by indifference. Like, I lived in that house, and nobody noticed I was there. My parents are, like, 5'10 and 6'4. I'm 5'3. Hmm. Oh. So we they re- <laughs> So they rebuilt the the coat the coat rack like the the um coat closet and the bathrooms for tall people while i lived there so like i couldn't reach i couldn't hang up my coat i had to take it to my bedroom and i like when i went to wash my hands it was like up to my the counters were up to my chest like i couldn't just wash my hands because i redid the whole house for tall people i still lived there yeah they sound like great people. So when I heard that whole, like, I'm orphaned by indifference, it was like, that's what happened in my childhood. And I finally understood what I hadn't been able to pinpoint. Yep. I was like, that's it. So, yeah, that's the scene. That's the scene. And that's why I get it. That's why I understand it. And... 
This is part of the That's reason it. why we do the pod is because people mm-hmm. relate to these movies, these scenes, it doesn't matter what it is, to these music videos, to these song lyrics. I mean, uh, you know, the other day we exchanged in therapy some, some 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 songs. I had a few songs. I said, you listen to these. And they gave me some Swifty songs, some Taylor Swift songs. And I said, don't you don't you give me this this song like this other one kid gave me. She said, what are you talking about? I said, the whole song is about suicide. And so I had to call the student back in as soon as I listened to it the next day. And he said, oh, well, these aren't about that. They're all about a heartbreak. I'm like, okay. But like, don't hear me. Let me hear no crazy shit now because I will call you back in this office. Um, it was right. funny. Um, but people relate to these certain things. Uh, I'm glad that yeah, you found the... something to open up some doors, some pathways for you to relate some data points. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know about Swift songs, but her songs are all like, don't be mean. Okay. Try not to be. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> don't be I'll mean. i get my fans on you. Yeah. Don't be mean. It's all about okay. like how she's been heartbroken. I'm like, honey, if you're getting broke up with, I got no shot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. At this Stop point, she writing. just, she just she makes just... songs about breaking up to break. She just breaks up to make songs. Right. It's, it's she's... a fact. Yep. It's a fact. It's like, there's no way, like, there's uh, there's the same issue here. It's you, because right. every you try different guys every time, and yet we get the same sad songs. It's like, like you're you're just no good. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> like, I'm like, honey, you're ace. It's fine. Like, j- it's just yeah. accept it. Uh, right. <laughs> you're selling out stadiums, and yet you can't find a man. What, who, what example are you setting? Honey, honey, you're gay. Honey. <laughs> right. Oh you're just, you're just, just you're not good it. at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, well, I'm going to be terrified of Taylor Swift fans for the next couple of days. But I know. They're going to be like, what did you say? <laughs> my friends are, my friends were all at the concerts and I was over here like, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're sending me their outfits. I'm like, you're gonna wear that in public? Oh wait a That's minute, that's cool. What ca- you remind me of one of these characters from like, is it from Bob's Burgers, with the big glasses Bob's and the Burgers. green sweater? <laughs> the one you're that does the dance. Oh my god! <laughs> you're calling me Tina? Oh my god! <laughs> She's calling you Tina. I mean, butts. you're not wrong, but <laughs> I'm very ass. Tina. I'm like scanning I'm you as a human. I'm like, who are they? Who have been identified? <laughs> I'm very Tina. Okay. Yes. Well, no, that's all the way. I'm sorry. And a little add. Louise, but pretty Tina. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Glad you pointed yeah. that out, jackass. <laughs> I have different glasses on. I probably have 30 pairs. So it's not oh, okay. always these. Nice. Um, glasses, glasses, and shoes are my two like things. Hey. Mine are mine are like Docs. Like I like Doc Martens. Oh, <laughs> hey, we all can't be. Winners. Not going to bring up that movie scene. Uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's an expensive habit. I'm not gonna is. lie. Shoes, they all habits are fucking expensive. expensive. Everything's yeah. expensive. Yeah. Fuck. Got yeah. a bottle of water the other day. It was like three dollars. I was like, all right, I want you to steal <laughs> this. So. 
Would you like to drink water? Would you like to die of thirst? Three dollars. <laughs> well, thank you. Like, I guess um, staying alive is hard. I guess yeah. so. Um, this episode, or sorry, that scene, uh, I think the best part to me is, I mean, obviously he's calling out the mom and you see the dad acting the fool and look what I did. Look what I, they're all like, look at me. The mom's yeah, avoiding all emotion. One. Yeah, they're all just avoiding emotion. Perfect kind of narcissistic personality traits, but also it's hard for a lot of people to accept accountability. It doesn't matter who you are, what diagnosis you are, it's just hard. So I was mm-hmm. talking to a human today and I said, hey, I wanna, I wanna let you know something. I, I didn't get to finish my thought last time that we talked. I said something and, 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 and it hurt and I need to rephrase and retract and then restate. And they said, you're doing this to make me feel better? I said, I'm not a nice person, I don't care how you feel. I didn't get to finish my thought that day after I thought about it. And then it was a great conversation and I took accountability for the, the shit I stepped in and the emotion that got stirred up unintentionally. Um, it takes a grown ass person that's done their own introspection to take accountability and to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a trait that not many of us have. doesn't matter if neurodivergent or not. Um, and so I see their parents just avoid and I see people in the office just avoid. And it's always, it's always the, the, the good people that get hurt. Because those are the ones, you know, that are getting shit on and then no one ever apologizes because, oh, they're fine. No, they're not fine. Um, and yes, maybe they should woman up or man up and say something, but also maybe they shouldn't have to do that. And you should just say what you said like I did. I didn't have to be prompted. I owned up to it as a therapist and uh, it was a good conversation. And then we move forward. Um, that was part one. Part two is... Uh, I, I, what was what did they say, uh, Maggie? At the end, there is like uh, you've been ch- cheating on yourself, or you've been holding yourself back since. Well- you've been, you've been betraying yourself, and that's what you were trying to betray yourself right here. That's what they say about the house in the house or about the, the apartment. Yeah, you were you were trying to betray you were trying to betray yourself right here, and that's why he lied about where where he saw the doorman. He said it was at the friend's house. That's why he worked with Brad. You were you were trying to betray yourself right here. And he says, you know, you're you feel embarrassed to be sad. Feeling sad is hard enough, but to be embarrassed to, to feel sad, like that's a tragedy. Like that's that's terrible. Yep. The shame. And it's true. I mean, it's true. The shame, the bullying, the neglect, the not affirming or validating. Um mm-hmm. I feel like me and Spence just got done talking about this in our last pod about me having to betray myself, him having to betray himself in these job interviews and these places. And they want you to sell your soul. And you sometimes you have to do it for economic reasons, but then and it takes part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just sad. Uh, that's what I was thinking of, right? You you start betraying yourself little by little. I, I texted Spence today. Um, because we just did a podcast on an a NBA athlete called Giannis Antetokounmpo about failure. There's no such thing as failure. It's just steps in the process of winning uh, to getting what you need. And Texas Spence, I said, ain't no failures over here, buddy. And then he gave me the thumbs up and he's like, you're right. Because we put in probably like four or five hours yesterday doing three podcasts. Edited one and then two other long ones. And it was about nihilism and existentialism. It was, yeah, it was, it was long. That's, that's a day. It, it was 1 a.m. my time, and then I didn't go to sleep until like 3 a.m. because I needed to like recalibrate. 
Yeah, no. What, I do what, uh, sleep. <laughs> what, what time zones are you guys in? Eastern. I'm central. Oh, I'm in Eastern. Okay. Yep. It was oh, yeah. You said Detroit, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, Indiana right now, then Detroit, hopefully by the end of the year. I'm in, I'm in Cleveland, so it's Eastern. Cleveland. A toilet. Well, I mean. Nobody yeah. from there is watching, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a big following in Ohio, so we can say that. Yeah, well, they can go fuck themselves. Because yeah. <laughs> we're mostly Minnesota. We're all the Midwest other than that That's state. Right. Yeah. Um, Ohio actually... State can suck it. <laughs> I actually don't have a big following in Ohio either. Even when oh. I share this, like it's, I don't, I'm not, lo- I don't have a huge local following. My following is tends to be, I'm very international and then it's more out West. Yeah. Yep. Yep. California's our top. And then uh, mm-hmm. I had noticed a lot of neurodivergent folks that are like kind of big in in the UK. That's like a mm-hmm. big thing over there. That's, that's where a lot of my following is, is in the sense. UK. Um, there you go. Spence, I don't know when, why. When you see the scene, homie, uh, mm-hmm. then we'll get into the next one, then we'll get up out of here. Mm-hmm. What do you think when you see some of this stuff, right? Because it's a weird movie, like the acting's a little different, it's dry, and yet it's yeah. funny, it's right, it's existential, it's a very different movie. So you see the yeah. scene where you know she's got this coach and they're saying shit. It's like therapy. It, to me, it felt like group family centered therapy. What, what what did you think as a uh, a, a marketing guy is what you say. What do you think a is marketing a, guy. As a normie, Jeez. a non-therapist? Well, as my marketing degree says. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you think when you see this? Um, I'll say, um, like you said, just like kind of when it comes to the cinematography, it's very weird. It's a very weird movie um, when it comes to, and especially the dialogue, the dialogue you you're like did they rehearse this or did they (laughs) sounds like they're just trying to have a conversation just um like dustin and i found it funny yeah and i found it funny um that um adrian from rocky was the mom so that was pretty cool Um, yeah just out of nowhere um she's jason schwartzman's mom so why wouldn't she be the mom true Oh, she, you even said that. And I didn't even like yeah. pay attention to that. You're like Adrian, Jason Schwartzman. I'm not like that's Rocky wife. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, who the yeah. hell is Jason Schwartzman? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's literally what you were like. Who? Yeah, Albert. Albert. Oh, Albert. Right, right. I right, know Albert, right. and I know Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adrian is Albert's mom. Yeah. Is, that, is that better? There you go. That makes sense. Um, I mean, they do look similar. So look at this. <laughs> what? Um, I I just love the fact that even though like the parents, they didn't even they tried to act like they didn't know that that one woman was in the house, or did they not know she was in the house? And she came in. She came in or another just, way. Oh, I didn't know there was that many ways to get into an apartment. That's why it's so funny. It's like I thought it was just one door. <laughs> the French, they always know how to get in. <laughs> They're like Santa Claus. Like, wee oui, wee. Oui. Like, where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> How'd you get oui, your big oui. ass down the chimney? <laughs> why is a Frenchman in Detroit? I don't get it. <laughs> the first oh, you time for everything. Day, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that baguette right now, homie. 
but anyways um yeah i just and it's all it's it's really cool how just jason schwartzman is just trying to figure everything out but yet he can't get really any straight answers because he has you know his detectives on the case and they're just like look at these dots these dots are connected to these dots and then once you spread and then there's a thing in the line and i just they lost me there i was like i don't know what the fuck is happening right now i don't get this but i'm also i haven't actually seen the movie the so i can't movie, yeah. actually say i like you know i don't completely get it because i don't but I, I i watched the full movie and then parts of the time i'm like i have no fucking clue what's going on it's like what are you going for here <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's all the blanket. Yeah. That's, every every that's time I hear blanket, I, I think of baby blanket. Like I just get baby blanket in my head, and then we're all tied together in this web of baby blankets. I think it's, of it's Michael Jackson's kid from back in the day when he oh, when they used blanket. to call him blanket. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what like, I think of. Whatever there is like, that not his name blanket. anymore. I thought that I don't was know just what the kid's name. I don't know it what might, might name still is. be blanket. Blanket Jackson. <laughs> Jesus, we're all we're all blanket Jackson. Yeah. That's a. <laughs> we're all we're just all... threads in the cosmos. Don't let me fall. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a wet blanket. Oh. <laughs> I'm good. Um, uh, I thought you would think it was some interesting scenes. Um, yeah. They're very interesting, to say the least. It was. And all of them, therapy is so intertwined or existential is so intertwined throughout the entire movie. But it's not just in your face like most movies, right? It's just all like tertiary. It's kind of hard for some folks to maybe follow. Um but since like we've been in this trade and then right you've got your life experiences and everything and you related to it then you soaked it in very quickly um where mm. others it might take a second which is fine cuz not everyone has to identify with these 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 video clips right we take mm. requests from all types of people some of the shit I'm like I don't identify with it but others will um mm -hmm. and that was a good moment i think most people will see their some of their parents and they'll be like yep 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 um so this is what I'm going to touch on, therapizing, because um, I, I mean, I'm sure you'll validate some of this, but maybe not. Um, but folks who have been neglected like that can go in many different ways. They could go into like Jude Law's character where they're always attention seeking and always looking to people, please, people, please, people, please. And they never really get that closure. They're doing it in their relationships. Their boundaries are always getting pushed. You've got other folks that kind of diverge from that. And they kind of just give up on society and humanity and those relationships and they'll isolate themselves, become very cold, very autonomous. And they'll say that they may not want relationships or community in which they might actually do. They just don't feel like getting rejected over and over and over. Um, there's a couple of different ways it could go. It could go in a lot of self-sabotaging. It could go into a lot of people are going to treat me like shit. People are going to treat me like shit. And then you like talk to like some kind of shitty people and they're like, aha, they treated me like shit. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> um, and, and, and you kind of believe that you deserve that. And yet you don't want that, but then that's all you keep doing. And so it can lead into a lot of relationship issues, job issues, depression, suicidality, all of it. And lastly, it might not affect you at all. And you can be very fine and productive and have a great life and wonderful relationships. And you're just able to take it in stride and keep moving. Um, 
Not everyone has to act the same in these things. Uh, when it comes to our genetics, some of us are a little bit have more predisposition to mental health issues. Um, folks that are going to be neurodivergent will handle this situation possibly different than a neurotypical individual. Because um, maybe some of us neurodivergent folks don't have any other supports. Where maybe others might have more supports or they might have more friendships. Right? Who knows? So I don't want to blanket statement it. But if you have some parents like that, it's probably going to feel pretty shitty. You're going to feel pretty shitty. To never get validated is shitty. Mm -hmm. Case study real quick, and then we'll get to the next scene. A human come to the office. said, uh, happens all the time. You know, I said, man, I can't do these tests. I'm slow. So, oh, yeah, you, you were always at the end. So I can't, at the end, shit, I ain't even answering half the stuff. And so we start talking about reading and writing and how they're misplacing words. I said, young man, you got dyslexia. I said, what's that? I said, okay. So then we talk about that and, and how they're not a failure and how they're not stupid and worthless. And then we start tracking it back. Well, my mom talks about she has trouble reading and writing. Oh, okay. Um, so you start backtracking and you're seeing these issues. And I said, hey, man, shit, I got a doctorate. You can do this. You're way smarter than me. Uh, I mean, this indiv these individuals are because they're all like in STEM and they're like fucking geniuses um, and like coding, computer science, cybersecurity. Uh, to see them cry with happiness and joy to know that they're not broken, that's just something that they can deal with and work with and get supports. They get me to sign one letter. Now they get extended time and now they can actually feel confident to go take their exams and succeed. To get validation to know these things is, is quite wonderful. And to not ever have that and then to come to my kooky ass and then be like, yo, bro, you're good. You're good, man. It's awesome to be that human. And you as a coach probably have some of those experiences too uh, with your children, with friends, with coworkers here and there. Well, your coworkers are now your family. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to do that too. To me, that's technically the dream. Um, validation is key. And so for you and others that didn't get it, it sucks. I didn't get much with my mother and then my father got out of prison and then that's all I got. Uh, there was a lot of tenacity, but a lot of validation. It's amazing how life can change when you start to get that. Yeah. So that was my two cents on that scene. Ugh. So the next scene. Hold this. Med meditation. You want to do the meditation? Because I know you... You you actually have struggle. more, uh, yeah. You have you have people who are struggle with it. I'm I'm a pro of meditation now. Are you? Yeah, I'm great at it. I'm a I have the Aura app on my phone, and I just okay. I'm I'm amazing at it. Do you like? <laughs> I'm you like, like I'm like meditate perfectly, and then I do it. Do you like sounds or noises or nature? Or do you like voices guiding you through imagery? Voices. What do you like? Voices. Well, voices. And then when I'm doing, when I do my ketamine therapy, I do mm -hmm. sound baths. Okay. Sound baths. Perfect. Like, For some folks that don't know what that is, what is that? Sound baths? They are like, the ones that I listen to are sound bowls normally. And they will come in and out. I do it in... Oh, I use the best mask in the world. It's a, I use a blackout mask that has earbuds built in, but it's amazing. It's from Manta, Manta Sleep. Okay. It is a completely blackout mask. I use silk eye cups. Oh, 
So it is the most relaxing sound. I you're gonna have to listen to it. There you go. I can't describe it. I'm sorry. I have no way of describing. What is but, it? But the ones that I listen to have the sound bowls and like the the actual sound bowl where people are yeah. playing them with like stuff. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. like the sound. I keep making this spinning motion like that to no solve can see it, you. but yeah. making right. some pizza. Yeah, you stirring ah. up cocaine? What are you doing? <laughs> stirring that coca. No, I'm making that meth you wanted. Oh. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I didn't want it. I'm it. selling it to you. <laughs> oh no, I don't want it. I'm making my own. Remember? Oh, you're making your own no, for me to sell back to you? No, you right. make it, and then he sells it. Yeah. It's okay, yeah. we'll figure it out. Right it's a family there. business we got now. It. Um, <laughs> right, right. That's the only kind of business I run. I know. So, yeah. Spence. But no, if you were it's... to do meditation, what type of sounds would you like oh. to listen to? <laughs> I thought you were about to say if you were willing to do meth. Like what? No, <laughs> I don't want to. He's I like, I have, to. I like my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd probably have to say. So I, so when I worked at Lululemon, had this thing called the Mirror, and they actually had meditation classes, and so, um. I usually just like sounds. Sometimes it's like, it depends on the instructor. Um, like I can listen to their voice and I don't really need anything else. I just need their voice. But for the most part, I like to just kind of sit there and then kind of listen to the sounds. Cause then I can usually with like music or anything else, I can block out like any other type of noises that I hear. Um, it's going to distract me. And so, yeah. I probably have to say more sounds than anything. Yep, Maybe soothing sounds. music. Soothing. Uh, I can dissociate. So we just did a podcast on dissociations with uh, Winter Soldier. So I can dissociate to a lot of different things and like technically meditate because I'm all in this different like astro plane type of vibe. Um, and then I can do legit meditations where I'm breathing and focusing and concentrating. I do that a lot before I lift. So I, 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 I lift weights. So before each set, there's like a, a, some deep breaths, some controlled breathing, some controlled focusing your your, your muscle neurons and fibers and trying to lift um, appropriately, effectively with good technique and form. Because I have a lot of injuries and body tears, and so if I don't if I do it fucking wrong, I'm going to tear something. Period. Right. Um, so I can do my meditations like that. Uh, it's very good with music. Um, there's this damn singer named Hoser, uh, this Irishman, and fucking puts me in a different place i can just put it on i'm like ooh, uh and i don't even hear the words and i'm just like crying i'm like god damn it not again um meditation if we're talking about legit meditation going on to youtube i like to listen to rain and hearing the rain drop and fall on things i like to hear the rain fall on things um when i'm doing their group therapy or and i like something in the background i like to play this youtube channel i think my dude's name is nomadic ambiance and so he just walks around with his high def camera and all these different sceneries around the world and it's just rain and you just hear the droplets and he just walks throughout nature, cities. It's awesome. Uh, I was at a book club when I first found that or when they, when I first seen it and I was like, had whiskey in my hand. I was passed out. Everyone else talking, reading the book <laughs> and shit. I'm just sleeping. <laughs> is he drunk? No, he is autistic ass sleep. <laughs> we got him. Yeah, folks, you just take them away now. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, those are a couple of different things. 
when I'm trying to teach meditation, I taught it today to a human. Um, we start with the basics, focus on just regular breathing. We've done it on the podcast before, but we have better equipment now, so we might need to do it again one day. Um, mm-hmm. Focus on the senses. What can you hear? What can you smell? What can you feel in your body? Um, and then we start doing four seconds in, pause, four seconds out, in through the nose, out through the mouth. So we practice it multiple times. And then when I get them to do the deep breaths in, I have them touch their stomach, uh, expand it, uh, and then obviously breathe out. And then I have them drop their shoulders, relax their facial muscles, and then I start going into the visuals. So after I teach the basics, then it's the visuals. Uh, and then after I reprogress from the visuals, then I'll do like some of the hypnotic suggestion stuff to see if I can get like certain things in their body to like just go numb um, or just be stuck. Uh, so those are always fun, especially when I'm doing like a big group of athletes and like 50% of them are just like shaking, like what's wrong with my legs? <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't give me half your scholarship money, you ain't getting them back. <laughs> oh my God. You ain't getting on that field again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what? What's going to do now? <laughs> yep. Uh, I need you to sign executive director of your manager <laughs> for your NIL money. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to be allowed back on campus. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I got a meeting with these frat boys in October because they just they wanted me to come back. I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna get them. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this scene is kind of cool because it goes through the terrifying abyss of meditation. Um, of closing your eyes and doing like uh, sound deprivation, visual deprivation. Someone that's ADHD has a really hard time sometimes focusing and doing meditation because their brain's like, ooh, squirrel, ooh, this, ooh, that. Um, and so you hear the existential coach being like, yo, come back to me, get away from Brad, get away from the girls, and then visualize a tree. Boom, the scary person shows up in the tree. All right, put some someone good there. Boom, so someone's good there, the teacher. But then they go away and they get pushed over. And so little by little, it gets better to do these things. But you're still having to fight your brain, like focusing on bills, anxiety, relationships, drama. It's hard to get your brain to shut the F up. Yeah. So that's why I teach my meditations. It's usually quick for my students because the students are like 18 to 25. Like, you know, they don't get time for that shit. So I'm like three minutes, five minutes. That's all I need from you. Um, emotions only last four seconds. I need you to put a pause in that shit for four seconds and then we can maybe get to the next emotion. That's a little bit less toxic. Perfect scene. I cannot wait to show this in group therapy next semester, uh, when I'm doing this, cause they're going to be like that. I've had it where some of my traumatized individuals, like legit trauma things, um, and, you know, their ADHD is hell because of it. Uh, not because I think they were born that way because of the trauma. Um, and it's hard for them to be in their body. So to, when it comes to the meditation, you're asking someone to be in their body. And that's a scary place to be when there's a lot of trauma. And I remember this individual just crying. They're like, I can't do it. And I'm like, all right, homie, it's fine. And she just starts crying. I'm like, oh, my God, I broke her. Um, like, we were just doing the breathing. I can't see the visuals. Why do I say this? I'm joking now, but if you can't do the visuals, the meditations, it's fine. You are not a failure at meditations. Not everyone it even fucking works for. 
practice it when you're feeling okay, not when you're super hella anxious. Practice it when you're doing okay. That way, when it comes time to game time, when you're triggered or some crazy shit's happening, you're overstimulated from a party, you're going into your exam, you're about to have this difficult conversation with your ma, your teacher, your professor, your shithead boyfriend, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're on timeout. You ain't getting none. Sorry. <laughs> if you need to set the boundary, do your breasts. <laughs> Paul, I put you on pause. All right, I'm done. Sorry. I just feel sassy now. Um, you just want to be a sassy black woman, and it's it just shows every show. He just gets um, more progressively. He, just gets, he gets sassier and sassier. Yeah, every time. See, he never did those hand when we first started. He did not do those hand movements. No, and now he's just all over very masculine. Now wearing Hawaiian shirts, soon will be skirts. (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) the grass skirt. There you go. Show off off those hairy legs. Right, you might be in. No shame. Yeah, no shame. No shame in your game. Yeah, my feet. You have great calf muscles. Feet do not look good. Hey, hey, this is your co-host Spencer, and I'm bringing you a special message from our collaborator, Silver Dollar Candles. They have great scents to go with great messages, just like Best Dad Ever, True Crime and Chill, and my personal favorite, When This Candle Is Lit, Give Me That You can also make your own candle and message that fits you. So go use our link in our link tree to get your order placed with Silver Dollar Candles today. All right. Uh, so we don't have to, sandals, please. We don't, we don't have to <laughs> therapize this one too far, but I want you to talk about it real quick, Maggie. When you watch a oh, scene quick. like this, uh, I don't know back in the day if you were good at meditation, because, right, you've probably seen this when you're, uh, well, since you're, like, older, you probably saw this, like, last week. Jesus. <laughs> I hate everything about what you just said. So, <laughs> so, couple things I have to say about the scene. Go ahead. Even though you've just insulted my entire being. <laughs> so, well, we already established that I enjoy you as a human. And I love you. So, just shut up. <laughs> hey, so, since you're so old, can you tell us about what you felt? Well, like, since was Jesus since there sitting here? <laughs> Yes, Jesus was there. He, he was told tacos? me that you need to stop it. That's what he told me. Okay, well, yeah. If I go he to hell, drop. I'll, no, uh, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Meet my mom there. So, Jesus Christ, <laughs> and time. mine, <laughs> <laughs> and mine. She looks like me, so you'll know. <laughs> like you'll you'll recognize her. <laughs> like, are you so... the Bob's Burgers ladies, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. So my so my lip really does come out when I pout, like it's natural. Like I don't even I don't. And my, my husband's always like, "Please don't do that. <laughs> you look like a child." Meanwhile, I'm like forty something. Like mm. my brother does it so too. Anyway, it's, a, it's a vibe. My brother does it too. Like so, the meditation thing. This is half my story, half my husband's, and it's fine that I tell it because. Uh, whatever uh i swear it's it's fine um Copyright. i'm really i'm really i'm really good at it but i haven't always been and my husband has a very traumatic childhood we'll just say that right well to escape from it when he was young he used to meditate like not knowing that he meditated 
right? Like that's just the disassociation that you do to get away from trauma. Yep. So as adults, I was like, oh my gosh, so I'm, so I'm meditating because I'm like so good at meditating. Listen to this, like, let's do it. I will play it on my phone and we can do this guided meditation together. And he was like, this is making me so anxious because I just realized I meditated to escape trauma. He was like, but I will do a guided meditation for you. So he's talked me through one and he put himself to sleep. Like he was like, but he was trying to talk me through a guided meditation. He was just like, <laughs> like halfway through it. So it's interesting because I haven't always been like, I, I used to lay there and be like, I don't, why, why is this guy? Look, I can't listen to him. And for a long time, I couldn't listen to women because I had such issues with my mother. And until I worked that out, I couldn't listen to women's voices. Now I can listen and I can listen to like the way that my app works as it goes to sounds that I've picked out after the meditation ends. So if I'm still up, like, or if I'm getting up, if it's a wake up thing, depends what time of day I'm doing it. And I've I've gotten pretty good at it, but it's interesting to see how your past or your trauma or depending on what it is, influences that. Like he can't, he can't meditate now because that's how he survived. That's how he made it through. Was just, just completely disconnecting from what was happening. And that's, to me, it's amazing how the brain will protect you preserve yes it protects you to get you through until you are able to unpack everything uh we didn't do a podcast on this specific scene because it was too traumatic um but those of you that are super nerds and marvel uh, me and spence and colin did a podcast on moon night so moon night goes through a lot of abuse and he starts mm-hmm. become developing did dissociative identity disorder because of some stuff that happened in the family and the severe physical abuse that he took and he would dissociate and his altar would take over. Um, and so our minds will do that as a protective factor. It will compartmentalize things and put things away. Me and Spence recently did a podcast on Arnold where, you know, he went through nothing but trauma all the time and his dad dying, his brother dying. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff, a lot of abuse. And you see Arnold's not able to emote. Um I also think he's probably, me and Spence think he's probably neurodivergent as well, but the trauma made him dissociate from his emotions. And so he was never really connected to them. And he had to work with a coach to get him connected back to his emotions so he could become an actor. Um, the brain is quite wonderful. My husband, my husband can't be surprised. Like he can't, you can't surprise him because he, because he would get punished if he showed those kind of emotions. Mm-hmm. So he will tell you if he's surprised because he, he can't react to it. Yep. Yeah. You see that a lot with so men, just tell you. with men for the all types of emotions. Uh, we're not really supposed to show them. You'll see that uh, with women for different things. Uh, but if we're playing the gender roles, men really can't show the sadness or any femininity at all. Um, oh, he's good with that. He just can't. <laughs> it's the yeah. stuff that <laughs> he's good with that. Like he was watching. Um, what were we watching the other day? And he was just crying. Like, I mean, we're good with that now. Was yeah. Now, I yeah. also think it has to do with having kids. Yep. Having kids changes shit. That's a story for another time. I assume. It changes everything. 
Yeah. It's probably it's a jib. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, you have to tell him. Like, you have, like, he will tell you, I mean, that things have, like, he'll be like, oh, I'm so surprised. And you're just like, <laughs> I bet. I bet you are. I can tell and by like, your body language. <laughs> right. And he'll just be sitting there and be like, oh, I'm so shocked. And you're you like, got me. Like, okay. That's <laughs> <I> so <did>. fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did I scare it's you? So He's not, like, it's I so literally am fun. scared to death. I'm like, oh, right. how can it's I like, tell? Well, I literally just shit my pants. So, <laughs> right, oh, well. you can't play a prank on him because he's just like, I'm so scared right now. <laughs> Don't play a prank on him like that though, because he does, he does have irritable bowel syndrome. It'll ruin your day. There you go. <laughs> like he told me on that first time he came over. Yeah, that's for my first date. First date. Well, hopefully your partner hears this pod. All love to you. All yeah. love to you, Mister. We're here for you, Mister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's really great. He is really great. Um, so real quick, did it take you a while to get better at meditation? Just you specifically, or did it take you weeks, yeah. months, years? Uh, months, months. months. Took you months. But I'm also somebody that I have to like when I'm not good at it. I will not rest <laughs> until I'm good at something. Got it. Because if I'm bad at like I can't, I don't like being bad at things. How does it make you feel? I'm joking. Do not answer. There we go. I would never do that. I've never said that in my entire life of therapizing people. What is that? Oh, no, my power. My power's going out. What am I going to do? Yeah. No. Click this button. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm like, oh, no. So sorry. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I don't want... It is funny, though, because, like, my... <laughs> so, like I said, I I have no problem sharing things. I think it's I think transparency is important when it comes to mental health. Yeah. So my 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 psych nurse when I started my ketamine therapy asked me. She was like, "Would you consider yourself a perfectionist?" And I'm I was like, "No, I just think everything need everyone needs to do everything at the same exact level I do." Are you a perfectionist? My perfectionist. And I was like, I was like, if everyone would just do everything at the same level I do it, then we wouldn't have any problems. And she goes, I feel the same way, so I probably shouldn't have asked. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said to me. Yeah, a lot of these. She folks was like, I feel the same way. That are in these caring professions are are, are like that. Yeah. It reminds me of Serena. I feel like Serena gives off same vibes as Maggie here, but also mm-hmm. you know she's like, I'm getting shits my way. It's like, it's like, yeah, I can't. So how long did it take me? It took me until I got good at it. Yep. Because I, I was like, look, I'm gonna do this morning and nighttime until I am good. I have to do a wake up meditation and I have to do a bedtime meditation until I am good at it. No big deal. I have had the Aura app for two years now. I pay for it, and I do it until I'm good at. It. Were your no eyes that wide open when you said it the first time? Just, yes, I will get this done. Uh, but that's how I am with everything. Fair enough. Like, fair enough. That's, that's me with anything that I'm not good at. I'm like, I'll just keep doing it until I'm good at it, and um, I won't no do anything else. No diversion to a T. It's yeah. hyperfixation yeah. to a T. Hyperfocus, mm-hmm. whatever hyper you want to put in front of that shit. That is us yeah. grinding and becoming obsessive. And like I said, most of the very talented people in the world have that part, that obsession. 
And that's what drives people to perfect things. Um, and so some yeah. of it's out of anxiety, fear. When we talk about Michael Jordan and Giannis, there's an obsession, there's a want, there's a need, there's a hunger that is insatiable. And you will see a lot of your neurodivergent clients like that. And the trick is for me as their therapist is to pull the reins back on that horse. Hold up. We got to take Sunday off or we got to take some naps here. Like you grinding, you know, you know, stayed up three days. That shit ain't working. Yeah. Um, so it's a wonderful superpower that most of us have. Some of us is going to be on geckos. Some of us is going to be on, right. you know, meditation. Um, you know, for me, it's uh, it's the podcast at this moment. Before it was the doctorate. And, you know, it's, oh, it just changes. It changes and changes and changes. I'd rather it be the podcast and just fucking st stupid shit on social media or, like, comparing myself to others. Like, I'd rather be direct. Yeah. Um, could be a lot worse. Um, I'm glad that you were honest and open about many of the things that you struggled with. I'm glad that it took you months and you're a perfectionist. So what does that mean? That means people that are listening, it may take you months, years, half a year, full year. Well, I ain't got time for that. Well, um, five minutes. I want you to take five, three minutes a couple times a week. Um, and I want some of you to practice these things. Yeah, it's, it's worth it because you're not going to get better if you don't try. I mean, like, the time's going to pass either way. So why not? The shit you're doing That's... ain't working. So let's change it up. Let's right. shake up some stuff and grow. Um, as you said yourself, you know, relating to this movie and breaking free of some shackles, setting some boundaries, right? Finding your peace and happiness and what really means something to you, it set you free. Do you still battle your demons and your things? Yes. And do many of you listen to the podcast, battle your demons? And will you always? Yes. As a human said to me today, why is life so hard? I said, I said, yeah, it's hard. And I said, well, uh, he said something about hope. Well, I hope I'll get done with it. I said, you will no longer say that word in my office. You will say the word faith. So he said, that sounds too confident. I said, no, nah, you don't got through a lot of shit now, young lady. So you mean to tell me that you don't have faith in your skills to get through all this shit? Well, I'm just tired. I get that you're tired. You'd be like two years away from being financially secure and your family secure for the rest of your life. You got this. So I have faith in your abilities, folks. Don't try not to do your best to judge people like when me and Spence were younger and we got our hyper fixations and I'm weird and talking shit and Spencer's doing whatever he's doing and people are like judging you and projecting. Be cautious of what you say to people. Um, be cautious. Be cautious on how you cheat your children or your nieces and your nephews. Uh, yeah, you ain't always got to put someone down. I remember what my father said to me. If you ain't got nothing good to say, then shut the fuck up. If you got nothing positive to add to the conversation and you're just going to say something nasty, so people know I don't say really anything nasty uh, or like bad mouth people. It's not my thing, especially in like, I'll talk shit with y'all, but I'm like actually bad mouth people. That's not a thing that I do. And people will cut me off at work because I don't, I don't partake. Um, be very cautious, my neurodivergent folks. That's a different point for a different day, and we'll, but we'll wrap up here. Uh, People will try to bait you into conversations. They'll say something bad about Tiffany or whatever it is. Be careful on that bait because they're trying to get you to say something and then they're going to pin some things on you. Be very cautious about bad-mouthing people in the office. Um, don't play into it. Just listen and get out of there. Something that I learned very early and my father taught me very early. It's helped me out a lot in my career. Um, some of you may be naive like I was and just start saying shit. And you're like, yep, now I'm in trouble. It's the whole mean girls thing. 
Yeah. Throwback movie. Wow. All right. Look at you. Look at me. <laughs> That's a great movie, though. It is. About personality disorders. Um, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. <laughs> when the one girl grabs her boobs <laughs> to see what the weather is. <laughs> It's like my dad now that he's older, he just grabs any body part and he's like, it's going to rain. I'm like, you literally walked like two steps out of your room. Hey, the arthritis, man. That ain't no joke. I'll yep. tell you what, man. Yeah. I feel it in my bones. I'm like, yep, it's about to come down pretty hard today. It, it about I to rain. It. I got the rightest. <laughs> the rightest. Um, Maggie, you got any conclusions, any wrap-ups, any soliloquies you want to go on real quick before we get out of here? Any any last-minute tangible? Here we go. I'm giving you direction. Some ta- some tangible stuff to give to people at home or in the car or on the toilet. Wipe front to back. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Are we using are we using wet wipes or is it just dry <laughs> wipes right now? Well, wet. You don't you know, wet wipes. <laughs> Try like you don't, yeah. Wet wipes, wipe front to back, <laughs> and flush Our twice if necessary. Like, what is going on? The producer being my father. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why did you end it there? <laughs> you shouldn't have asked to wrap no. it up for people on the toilet. Yeah, that's my <laughs> like... fault. Yep. No, I threw a squirrel at you, and you ran with it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happens fucking, fucking, I don't know it's late I haven't slept right. much Jesus. my sugar's my sugar's off my sugar's off <laughs> there's a sassy black woman coming out of here uh, Meg anything for the people that are listening at home Yeah, Sorry. follow follow me on Instagram and let's talk. Yeah. Oh no, actually, if you have threads, let's hang out there because that's actually where I'm fun. Right. Correct. My my yeah. name's Maggie D, like Diane Isley, I S L E Y. Hang okay. out with me on yeah. threads. There we go. There that's are. actually it. That's my whole call to action because I'm fun. Yep. And then we could talk about movies. We could talk about mental health. We could talk about my newest Doc Martens, which I did post a picture of. You know, that kind of stuff. There we go. And then I assume you have a link in your bio for people that can find you as well and stuff, your websites. Absolutely. And then it'll be linked to all all of our stuff too. Okay. And you could find me, if you find me on Instagram or, or there, same name, it has a link to literally everything you could want from me. Okay. See her in public, though. Don't tree. S- you see her in public, don't say shit, though. I don't want you around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. If you see me, we don't know each other. Yeah. <laughs> righty. On that note, <laughs> thank you, Maggie, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Would love to have you back in the future. All right. I'll pick out some next stuff to uh, watch. I already there have ideas. Go. There we go. There you go. Look at that. Um, and before we go, please check out Bub's Naturals, Cure Hydration, Pinfinity, and then, of course, Silver Dollar Candle Company. Uh, they have great stuff. Go to our link tree to get 20% off your entire order. Look at that. That's Pinfinity right there. That's a Blue Ranger face. <laughs> yep. You're doing a great job there. 
fucking Moana looking motherfucker. Um, so thank you everybody for joining us today. Also go check out our self-help resources uh, in our link tree. A lot of great things in there. And if you use any of those resources, please, please uh, donate some some of that moolah because Nas put some put a lot of effort into those resources. So go check those out. Um, and then once again, check out our merch. We have a lot of great stuff on our merch page. Once again, go to the link tree. Everything's there. I'm Spencer. That's Nas. This is the Different Spectrums podcast. All right, everyone. Much love. And remember, take care of yourself. Or don't. And that's completely up to you. All right, folks. Aloha. Hey, brother. <laughs> <laughs> don't we want you?